Alexa, play that Amazon ads podcast. Which one would you like to hear? The best one. Okay, now playing that Amazon ads podcast. These gentlemen are completely changing the game. After listening to that Amazon ads podcast, my ads are finally profitable. I also heard they're pretty cute. All right, welcome back to that Amazon Ads podcast. Today that Amazon Ads about- podcast. Woo! Yeah, what he said. Woo! That's what I imagine everybody does every time we we go on. Yeah. Well. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about sponsored brands. How to use sponsored brands uh, in your Amazon ads. It's going to be a thrilling topic today. Stephen, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Andrew. I don't know. Uh, did I see it? Is that another bruise on your face? No? Uh, I don't think so. Like, it shouldn't like left be. Cheek? Okay. Uh, no, I think that's just a pimple. I was call, man, calling out to my pimples. <laughs> well, I know you just came back from jujitsu and last time you came back with a black eye. So yeah, yeah. No black eyes today. Just, uh, got some bumps and bruises on the arms, but that's about it. Nice. Good practice. Yeah. Yeah. Good sesh. Yeah. That's good. Getting that work. Well, Andrew, we are at episode 10. Uh, and our goal was 100 subscribers by episode 10, or we pull the plug. And at time of recording, we have 90 subscribers. <laughs> so we did not <laughs> well, hit the goal, and uh, we've got to end this show now. This this will be our signing off message to you yeah. all in the deep. The 10th and way. final episode. Just kidding. Uh, it's by publication of episode 10. So at time of recording, there are only eight episodes. And so I feel pretty good that we should be, we should have 10 more subscribers in the next two yeah. weeks. We can get 10. About that. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, yeah, some exciting stuff lined up. We did get some YouTube comments. This came from Harris, who also connected with me on LinkedIn. So we've had some back and forth. Uh, Harris seems to be a very bright individual. And he left a comment on YouTube saying, <clears throat> uh, this was for episode uh, eight around, uh, I'm sorry, let me double check what episode this was. Yeah, uh, episode seven, which one was keyword harvesting? <laughs> episode seven, I think. Uh, Yeah, yeah, seven or eight. I think it was, yeah. On the keyword harvesting eight. episode, um, Harris said, yeah, episode eight, he said, love the episode, especially uh, talking about setting your initial bids for keywords when you mi- migrate them over for the search and reports. He said, I personally use search term impression share reports because it tells me the impression share percentage and impression rank on specific queries and gives me an idea of how big the search query volume could be or what I can expect from it. Uh, Looking forward to the next episode. That is a great thought. And he also said, by the way, initial subscribers are difficult to reach, but I'm sure you'll meet your goals soon. We hope so too, Harris. But yeah, we responded to that. Um, That actually was a great thought that I'm not sure that we considered. But yeah, uh, we talked about using a search term term report for harvesting keyword candidates in episode eight. And we talked about some different criteria you could look at to get a sense of the volume because you don't want to pull in one-off random keywords. And yeah, Harris's idea here was to use the impression share report because it's still going to have all of that search term data for you, but it's also going to give you that impression share percentage, which is a little difficult to calculate. uh, But essentially what you need to do is you need to take the sum of all your impressions for that search term and uh, and then divide that by your impression share to kind of get an estimate of how many possible impressions are there for that. 
Uh, if that sounded really confusing, don't worry. We've got another episode planned where we're going to go into all of the different reports and give you some more context on what these reports mean, how you can use it. But that was a great thought from Harris. Andrew, I don't know if there's anything else to to that that you'd want to add or or anything around any final thoughts from the keyword harvesting episode. Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, I definitely love that report, search term repression share report. I use that pretty often just to gauge, you know, how we're how we're stacking up against competitors on particular terms and, you know, just measuring overall uh, potential possibilities on that term that we could potentially tap into. So that's a great point from Harris there. Yeah. So excellent thoughts from Harris. Thanks for sending that Harris. We'd love to hear all of your guys' comments, questions, other ideas, thoughts. So please leave us a comment on YouTube and make sure you are subscribing for not only to help us meet our goals, but the next episode. So this is episode 10. Episode 11 will be our first Amazon PPC debate. We have two highly influential individuals coming on to discuss the topic of is AI bidding the future of Amazon PPC. And we'll be hearing their perspectives. I think we're going to learn a lot. We have not recorded the episode yet, so I don't even know what to expect, but make sure you are yeah, subscribing, following us on whatever podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, leaving us reviews too to help us out. And without further ado, let's jump into today's topic. All right. So today we have a Fun topic lined up. We're going to be talking about how to maximize your performance, maximize sales with sponsored brand ads. Sponsored brand ads are a awesome ad type. I love it. Super underutilized and under under optimized, under perfected. And uh, I'm excited to dive into this one, Stephen. Yeah, under understood. Under understood. It's a good way to put it. Yeah, and that's a little bit under understood. Maybe we should just say it's overstood. Okay. Two negatives getting, make a positive. Yeah, yeah, getting getting a little tricky there. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, sponsor brand ads. Let's let's talk about sponsor brands just a little bit. Like, what are they? What? Why? Why use them? What's the what's the benefits and and all that? Um, I think first thing that comes to mind when I think of sponsor brands is just that big headline ad that I see every time I search in uh, any anything on Amazon. There's that top banner ad right at the top there. Nice picture, a couple products, a nice headline. It kind of reminds me of like a like an end cap of an aisle, like in a store. If we were comparing a, an online environment to an in store environment, it's like that that first thing you see when you're walking down an aisle. It's an opportunity for you to really display your brand, a collection of some of your products, and and really get your foot in the door with those customers coming coming into the aisle for you. Yeah. And if you are an agency or freelancer and you need to communicate to, to your clients a lot and help them conceptualize things, I always think imagining the Amazon store and all of our marketing products, thinking of a traditional brick and mortar store, um, almost everything, all of Amazon's advertising pro products function very similar to things that people are familiar with in their everyday life. So yeah, that, that end cap example, you know, you're walking around and at, on those very ends of those aisles, those big banners that are promoting a brand that's deeper down that aisle, trying to kind of pull you in. And it's interesting because they are in a sense, a little bit of a higher funnel tactic because you're not necessarily marketing to people who are actively walking down that aisle. You know, although you could think of it that way too. Like I've certainly seen um, on the toothpaste aisle, sometimes Colgate will buy an entire row so they can have like Colgate, you know, featured there or something like that. So, you know, kind of two different ways to think about it. But yeah, it, it's certainly a lot more eye catchy than just those simple sponsored product placements. And so what we wanna be talking about is basically how can we maximize performance on these sponsored brand ads? 
given that they're a bit misunderstood. And I mean, personally, I really love uh, a lot of what we've been able to accomplish. Um, we've done a ton of tests, ton of experiments, and we've seen a lot of really cool things work. So with that, let's, uh, Andrew, why don't you just give everyone, I'm sure everyone's familiar, so we won't spend too much time on this. But let's just review, review really quickly the different types of creative formats for these sponsored brand ads, some placements, different targeting types, uh, maybe even, you know, we have ad groups now, maybe we can touch on that. So why don't you just like take us super quickly through those those points? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I really love the sad type because Amazon has invested really heavily in it over, you know, the last couple of years. Um, they've added a whole lot of new features and formats and targeting capabilities to this ad type that have made it really robust now and um, maybe slightly complicated for some people. So it'll be good to get this you know high level breakdown for for everybody so that we have a clear understanding of everything that's possible with sponsored brands because there has been so much added to it. But in terms of creative creative formats, we have a few different options. Uh, we have product collection, store spotlight, and video. Uh, product collections are the ones that you would see uh, at top of search where you have a custom image with three products and, you know, can drive to your store page. The store spotlight is a little bit different. Rather than featuring three products, it'll feature three uh, particular links to your store page. So you can pick if you want one to go to a, the homepage, one to go to the sub, a sub page or and then another to a different sub page. You can do that with a store spotlight ad. And then video, which is relatively new uh, compared to the other two. Uh, video, just exactly how it sounds, um, allows you to run video ads driving to a specific product. So you can have a product highlight video that's relevant to one particular product, or they've just recently rolled out uh, product collection videos where you can have a video ad plus the three products that you want to highlight. So it's kind of a hybrid between that product collection and video ads. So they combine those and they're they're eligible for top of search placements, which is super intriguing and, and something I'm really interested in right now. And we can dive into that later. Um, but all but in all, no that ability, kind of, yeah, no ability to control the bids for those placement settings on those video ads yet. Yeah, yeah, correct. Correct. I was going to dive yeah. into those placements and, and you can only you have like minor things that you can do with sponsored brands to tweak placements and try to optimize towards top of search. Uh, but you can't really um, control the placements on like product detail pages or um, the rest of search placements where sponsored brands sometimes show up as well. Yeah. So I'm going to put you on the spot, Andrew, just firing from the hip knee jerk reaction. Um, you can only pick one of these creative formats to run for your client for the rest of your lifetime. Which format are you using? For the rest of my lifetime? I'd go with yeah. product collection, tried and true. Um, I know that ad type works really well, um, has some good good customization capabilities. And I think there's going to be more customization capabilities that are rolled out in the future that'll be really impactful. Yeah, the store spotlights that you, you said, um, rather than featuring three different individual products, where when you're featuring those products, it'll show how many reviews the products have, if it's prime eligible. When you're doing the store uh, pages, they're not usually as eye-catchy. You know, it's kind of just like three custom, you know, images, and it's not really showing products. And I think it's a little doesn't feel well, quite as in line with the search intent from the shopper. Yeah, yeah. The the store spotlight ones they 
They have, I think you can do the the creative image still, right? So you can still do that, mm-hmm. that main image and then you have the three links to the store. And then those three links to your storefront, they, they allow you to pick an image like from one of the products that's featured on that page. So you can kind of like customize it a little bit in terms of which images are associated yeah. with which store page. But that's true. as far as like customization capabilities, it is a little bit more limited. Yeah, I just haven't seen as good performance with those. And I have yeah. seen good performance with the videos, but the CPCs can get so competitive that I would likewise go with that product collection. That's where I've seen the best performance where it's the CPCs are most affordable and of the different variations for formats there, the performance is pretty strong. So next thing is where are these sponsored brand ads showing up? They show up across a variety of things. We kind of touched on it a little bit right before this, but the primary placement that is most valuable, in my opinion, for sponsored brands is top of search. So right there on, on search result pages at top of search, that's the placement that's you know going to be the most expensive, highest priority. It's right there in front of customers when they search for whatever they're searching for. But there also are non-top of search placements, such as um, like typically you'll see them at the very bottom of, of search result pages down where you're going to change the page. There'll be a few uh, selections there. Um, I think maybe you can see them sometimes on um, on the sidebars. I, I don't know if I've seen those actually. Now that I think about it, could be missing. I'm not sure about on the sidebars, but certainly all over product pages as well. But it's interesting, yeah. you know, it's a little different from sponsored products because when you look at a sponsored products placements, um, campaigns placements, that is, it'll show you top of search, rest of search, product pages, and you can adjust those bids. You can increase your product pages or increase your top. With sponsored brands, they just say top of search and not top of search. (laughs) Um, And they just kind of lump everything else into that kind of other category. And while you can't increase your bids for top of search, like you can with sponsored products, you can decrease your bids for not top of search on sponsored brands. And I don't know if they fixed it, but they used to have the ability to also increase your bids for non-top of search, which I'm not sure why people would want to do that. But uh, that, that was an option for a little bit. But the default that Amazon's going to do is automated bidding, which we don't really know what that means. But essentially, Amazon will automatically adjust your bids for non-top of search placements. We typically turn that off and put in a manual adjustment. We'll do another episode uh, coming up probably in a few weeks, uh, talking about how to calculate what these placement percentages should be for sponsored products and sponsored brands. So stay tuned for that. Around targeting, Andrew, I mean, these are these sponsored brands are virtually identical to sponsored products. I mean, we don't have auto campaigns, but the manual targeting is essentially the same, right? Or is there anything different there? Yeah, yeah, for the most part, it's pretty much the same. Um, You still have the ability to target keywords, you have the ability to target uh, ASINs or product targets, very similar to sponsored products. Um, You have the same match type capabilities, right? Like you have broad and phrase and exact, but with uh, sponsored brands, there's actually one one uh, additional match type here that we can we can work with. Yeah. Um, do you want to take I, us I'm through that one? I know you're excited about it. I can I can well, see no, you jumping I, out just, of your seat over there. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm so overdue on writing a LinkedIn article on this because I've just like been busy slash lazy to get around to writing it. But uh, yeah. it's something that, that actually people on LinkedIn have started picking up on this. Um, but I mean I've been wanting to write this for like three three the past three years before anybody really knew about it. But um, when sponsored brands first released first released uh, search term reports, uh, the first thing that I noticed was that sponsored brands' broad match keywords had a completely different match type definition from sponsored product broad match keywords, which was um, essentially 
And anyone who's familiar with Google Ads would know this, but there's broad match and then there's modified broad match. And a very simple definition of that is modified broad match means each word in that keyword needs to at least appear in the search term. So if I just typed in, or if, if my modified broad match keyword was red color pens, then all three of those words need to appear in the customer search term, but they certainly can be arranged. Someone could say pens for kids that are color friendly and also red or something like that. You know, But all of those individual words of the keyword need to be in the search term. That's a modified broad match. A traditional broad match and Google's definition is broad is very, very broad and it will open up. You only need like one or two of like those. You don't need all the words in your, in your keyword to appear in the search term. And in fact, sometimes I don't think you even need any. They'll open it up to synonyms and similar words. And so if you're, you know, we're bidding on shoes, it could pull in sneakers. And uh, for the longest time, sponsored products were by default modified broad match and Amazon just called it broad match. And sponsored brands were, when you were using that broad match, you would open it up to synonyms, different languages, you know, automatic translating for Spanish search terms and all that kind of stuff. And the only way in which you could create a truly modified broad match keyword that is closer to the sponsored product type is you would have to put a little plus sign in between each word. So for the red colored pens example, you would do broad match and you have to do plus red plus color plus pens uh, in order to get it to, to function the same way as a sponsored product. But now everyone started noticing that sponsored products started messing around and becoming more like sponsored brands. So who knows what the final state of these match types will be by the time this episode airs, but that is one thing um, I would be very cautious of. I personally do not use any broad match for sponsored brands for that very reason. On rare occasions, I will use that modified broad match and I make sure to include those plus signs before each word, no space. So, um, and if you Google sponsored brands, modified broad match, Amazon eventually released uh, an article on it. And so you can uh, look at that and, and get some more insight there. Yeah, that's a good, good point there. I think I've seen a lot of people talking about that. I think Amazon like released it for a release information on it and then retracted it and then released it again. Or then, and then recently they've been messing with sponsored products and switching that mat, the broad match type up quite a bit, the definition of it. You know, I think it is, it was Amazon was like hurting on sales cause like their online sales <laughs> were flat. And so they needed to grow their online revenue. And they're like, you know, they have all these dedicated Amazon reps selling everyone to spend more and people don't really want to spend more cause maybe the performance isn't there. And so Amazon's like, all right, let's just make all of those broad match keywords a lot broader go and then spend show up on them. a lot more queries <laughs> yeah and then amazon yeah. finally hits all their uh their earnings uh expectations in the next quarterly yeah, amazon report. all amazon AMS continues brought it in baby yeah <laughs> continues year over year growth trajectory for amazon everybody else thanks struggling. To, thanks to broad match all right and what about <laughs> ad groups andrew why don't you break those down for us yeah, ad groups, this is a new one. Uh, they just recently added this. It's very nice. Uh, it's gonna allow us to do a lot of cool testing things and opens up a lot of capabilities for measuring performance on different creatives, different headlines, different product selections, and allows you a little bit more flexibility to rotate creatives uh, as opposed to how it previously used to be set up. But so now these ad groups function very similarly to sponsored products. Um, However, we kind of think of it like how with sponsored sponsor products, we recommend single product ad groups, right? With sponsored brands, now we can do single creative ad groups and we can potentially test uh, multiple creatives in different ad groups and we can um, run 
different tests where we let one run for an extended period of time, you know, 14 days, shut it off, turn another one on targeting, you know, same terms, same things like that. Um, we can, we can have that capability now, which is really nice. Um, I'm, I'm glad that they did this. Uh, it's, it's made managing sponsored brands a little bit easier and allowed for a lot more robust testing capabilities. Whereas like before you would have to, in order to be able to test your creative, you would have to set up the sponsor brand, how you wanted it, let it run for 14 days. Then you'd have to go in, you'd have to update the existing creative, change things out however you wanted um, in order to be able to run a, a test. Whereas now it's a simple on off switch between the two different creatives that you want to test, which is a great feature addition. Yeah. Um, and yeah, before, you know, if you wanted to tr- test multiple creatives, you had to have a separate campaign for every single one because there were no ad groups. So every single, if you wanted to test five different headlines, you'd have to create five different campaigns. It was just a nightmare to deal with. So having those ad groups, you can now have five different ad groups and have a different uh, creative in each one, or you can just have one ad group, all five creatives in that ad group. And, you know, you can test it that way. We don't recommend that. I'm just saying it's something that's possible to do. Um, well, typically it, what we've been seeing, right? Like as we've been testing this is that ad groups that have multiple creatives within them, a lot of times what will happen is Amazon will naturally just favor one of them really quickly. It doesn't even really and, like And not even necessarily the best performer. Yeah. Right, right. We don't really know because it's not actually testing all the other ones. Um, it usually just favors one right off the bat and most of the spend will be allocated to that. And then even if you leave it in there, leave them in there for a long period of time, they it still just funnels it all at once. So you have to have that manual input and manual control over it to actually get like the results of a test, a true test with a sponsor brand, even with the, with the ad groups. Yeah. But conceptually, I think the best way to think of it is like you said, in sponsor products, we have product ads, which are basically just products, but at the same time, they're kind of creatives of their own. Um, they're just creatives that look very much like organic listings, but those are our ad creatives. And with sponsored brands, we have the same thing. We have those, you know, those product ads in there, just the format is different. And so it's the structure is virtually the same, just some of the campaign settings are different and the actual creative itself looks different. So that's just a super quick, simple overview of kind of what these are. And so uh, does anyone have any questions on that? No. no, sounds like they're all good. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So with that, let's dive into some things about sponsored brand ad strategy and how you can use these unique creative formats to maximize your sales on Amazon. So before we talk about what to do with your sponsored brand ads, why don't, Andrew, you tell us what not to do? I always think it's a good idea to uh, kind of rule yeah. out some some old bad habits. This is a good place to start because sponsored brands, I mean, if you just do a quick search on Amazon, you, you look around for a little while, you'll see some pretty unattended to sponsored brand ads. You'll see stuff with, you know, just one product in it, not even have all three products uh, available, which actually, you know, got to give a little bit of credit. There's no notifications that are being sent out to you from, by Amazon telling you when your products go out of stock and sponsored brands. So I keep know. an eye on that. <laughs> um, but don't, uh, another thing is don't drive to a poor storefront. Um, I think sometimes people get over eager with sponsored brands. They want to branch into new ad types if they're not currently utilizing them and they neglect the actual conversion piece of things, which is the storefront in most cases. A lot of times, you know, sometimes, or, I don't actually know the data on this. I would actually like to look into this. What percentage of traffic is is going from 
a sponsored brand to the store versus to a product detail page is actually clicking on a product page. I think we looked at this yeah, like last like week 10%. and it was like nine, it was like 90% was going to the store as opposed to like 10% going to the product pages. Is that right? Do you remember that? Uh, you know what? Let me double check. I could, I could don't take our up. word for it. It was just something that crossed <laughs> my mind as that. I was talking. Yeah. It was just crossed my mind as I was talking, but anyway, it would be something cool to test. And just yeah, look was and it see. that high? No, I don't think it was quite that high. I'll try. We'll pull it up on this episode, and uh, we'll give the answer. But basically, an sure. estimate on yeah when and what Andrew's saying is when someone clicks on the ad, if they click on an individual product, it'll take it to the product page. But if someone clicks on either the featured image or that your logo or your headline or your shop now this brand, it'll take it to the brand store um, or or custom landing pages. But we did a test to see yeah how much of that was driving to the store, and of course. We're using store visits versus clicks, which aren't necessarily one-to-one correlation, but we'll uh, we'll get that answer just as a as a quick fun fact. So, um, back to you, Andrew. Continue that thought. So, prioritize your content number one if you're going to be utilizing sponsored brand ads, and this is kind of going to be a, a general theme through the next couple couple things I'm going to mention here. But your content is king, right? You need to make sure that the storefront you're driving to is engaging, is compelling, has good imagery clearly lays out the features and benefits of your product, how your product is different and needs to be laid out in a visually appealing way. And that's a big thing that people get wrong is, is they're thinking that um, just, just generating traffic to the store is going to result in conversions, but we got to make sure we're, we're paying close attention to the content piece of things and uh, putting a lot of effort into that. Um, if you don't have good content, I would, encourage you to utilize some of the different features with sponsor brands like custom landing pages where you can feature specific products and and you don't have to drive to your store. Um, You may see better conversion rates with that as opposed to the storefront. So just some some things to keep in mind. Um, Make sure you're prioritizing a quality storefront build out and um, all the traffic that you're sending there um, is is having a good experience when they land on that page. You got anything for us yet, Steven? Are you still looking? I, I'm uh, I'm <laughs> holding in. It's um, okay. We can move. We can go to the next thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, no. I think I got it. Well, you see, it's weird because it's not. Yeah. Again, it's not really that super one-to-one correlation. True. Because sometimes, yeah. So it's it's click attributed traffic to the store, and Amazon has like views and and visits, and they have different definitions for each one. Um. But I'm actually I'm actually getting that that our sponsored brands contributed more visits to the store than they received clicks, more which could which would mean like mul- multiple visits to the store. Mm. So how do they define visits and views? Because I think views is like not unique, right? It's just like total page views, and visits yeah. is like unique users coming to to the landing page. Yeah, I'm gonna do one more thing. I'm just gonna like change the date range here really quick and see what happens. It's pretty high. It's so, so it seems like a lot of the tra- a lot yeah ninety percent or more of the traffic is to the store. Ninety um, percent or more of the clicks on your sponsored brand ads are creating a visit to the Amazon brand store. So pretty high for for getting people in that store. This is one client too. So keep that in mind. This is one account that we're talking about. 
um, would love to get some feedback from other people, like what, what you've seen um, with this and, and just kind of get a idea of if that's a pretty common trend across, across sponsored brands, we'll have to do a little yeah. more digging ourselves and, and see that. And yeah, that's all, that's all available in your, uh, your store insights, by the way. So that's, that's where we're pulling the data from to see the visits and everything attributed to the sponsored brand ads. So yep. yeah, that's some, some uh, really good examples. I, I have seen, it's been sad and embarrassing, but you see some uh, sponsored brand creatives out there that it's like, you can just tell by like how limited it is and what it's doing that someone made this sponsored brand ad as like a test campaign in like 2018. They just forgot <laughs> about just it. Never, <laughs> they've never optimized it. And uh, you know, it's just like, yeah, I've seen some really bad headlines out there and bad creatives or even just misplaced, you know, like, um, yeah. So it, they, these are expensive ads. So you can, you can burn through a lot of money if you're not doing it right. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say the best thing is, is that these, these crappy ads that you see a lot of times you just keep seeing them because those bids are just like set super high, just winning yeah. placements like nonstop. So yeah, yeah I see, I see those a lot. And, and yeah, I'm not sure how they're still winning, but either they're super not profitable or, uh, the Amazon ad reps are, are, they're doing a deal under the table or something to keep winning that placement. But, um, so one of the things that we have seen work really well, in addition to creativeness and, and catchiness and everything is, um, a strategy that we call single keyword headlines. And essentially what those are is, uh, and we can think of it, you can think of it as single keyword campaigns. You can think of it as single keyword ad groups. Um, but essentially what we're going to do in this strategy is we're going to tailor the headline to the customer search term. And you'd only want to do this for some of your super top keywords. And frankly, this, this idea kind of originated in Google ads. People could look up, um, SCAGs, S-K-A-G, uh, single keyword ad groups. You'll, you'll see some really interesting articles on it, especially if you search, uh, SCAGs client boost, they have like a really detailed resource on that where you can learn more about it. But that's something that we can actually implement with these sponsored brand ads, which is essentially playing off a little bit of a component of psychology where if someone is typing in red colored pens or whatever, and the headline says the best red colored pens from whatever your brand name is, or shop red colored brands from your yourself, there's something psychologically satisfying to the customer when they typed in red colored pens and red colored pens, like this is what we have in the headline pops up. There's something about that technique that gets the customer to, to realize this is a highly relevant ad and and you see the, both the click-through rates and the conversion rates go up. Now you'd have to do a separate one, a separate headline for every single variation of those different keywords. And so again, we only do this for like our, our highest volume keywords. Otherwise we drive ourselves crazy with all the you know thousands of different headlines and creatives and create a kind of an, a bit of an unmanageable situation for ourselves. But that type of a headline is going to perform, and we I've tested this rigorously over the years, but versus just a catchy headline that's just like, if it just says high quality pens, you can't resist or something like that, and then you feature some red pens, it doesn't perform as well as matching the search term, red colored pens, and like fronting that in your headline and keeping that at the very uh, foremost. And then I usually like to throw a nice little like kind of action verb in there. So either shop now, uh, discover, whatever. Um, elevate whatever is going to you know match your brand, match match what you're trying to do, but that is that single keyword headline and kind of tailoring that. And there's a few different ways we can structure this. We'll probably do another episode where we 
talk more advanced about these structures and headlines. This episode is just a little bit more of a cursory kind of overview of some strategies to start thinking through for your sponsored brand ads. Um, but because we do have ad groups, you can certainly do that where you can test out, you know, have multiple different ad groups and you're kind of going for the single keyword campaign idea. You're, you're only going to be hitting red colored pens, phrase match or phrase and exact or something like that. You have five different creatives that are all making sure you include that keyword in your headline, but you might like play around with shop red colored pens, discover red colored colored pens, stylize with red colored pens, whatever you want. So um, you can test it on different ad groups, do some A-B testing. And yeah, that, that headline's been really, that headline strategy has been really effective. Um, have, you, have you been running those, Andrew? Have you been doing that recently? Imagine writing with the smoothest red pen you've ever felt. <laughs> was that supposed to be a good example or a bad example? I don't know. I was just, for some reason, <laughs> I was just sitting over here. And that's like the only thing I could think about was just like, I saw you imagine, start cracking a smile imagine, while I was talking. I was like laughing was at like, myself. I was just like, I was like did I say so something stupid. stupid? Yeah. No, not you, at all. You, not at stupid, all. you were giving yeah. some examples. You were, you were like, shop now, discover. And I was like, imagine writing with the smoothest red pen. I was like, yeah. that one would, that one would get me. Now I, I would say, <laughs> I would say there are, two types of okay man the i made the best headline of my life oh and here, so there's here's another reason why um and that was not an overstatement i mean it <laughs> the best headline of my life but i'm gonna before i get into that i i am suspicious that there, that amazon may even index those headlines because when i started uh doing this tactic and making sure that i make my headlines basically SEOified by including these keywords. Uh, when I was doing it, I wasn't intentionally thinking, oh, SEO value of the headline, Amazon index it. I was mainly doing it to, to capitalize on this psychology of showing the customer you have exactly what they're searching for. And when I did that, I saw that we started winning more top of search placements more easily and that our CPCs actually seemed to come down, which is something that you typically see when a product has an extremely high relevancy, really good sales momentum, really high conversion rates, all those types of things. So I don't know if it's just because the creative itself was performing so well that Amazon gave us those benefits of um, better rank and all those types of things, uh, better a little bit of a discount on our on our actual CPCs for the relevancy factor, or if it was just being indexed. So kind of both, maybe both happened. Maybe part of it was we got indexed and we got better SEO and that kind of influenced some of like the CPCs and placements. But then we also saw conversion rates go up simultaneously, or maybe it was the increase in conversion rates that drove everything else and the increase in click-through rates. So all really interesting stuff. Uh, I really like testing these different ideas and, and, and everything, but going back to what I was trying to say earlier, I will sometimes shy away from the, the SEO idea, uh, and like the single keyword headline idea, if I can come up with an extremely catchy headline, but it has to be good. Like it's gotta be really funny or, or not. And like, I don't mean punny, like cheesy, Unfortunately, I don't think I can say the example. That was like the best one that I that I ever did. Um, Fake news. Because for for, <laughs> for client uh, anonymity, but suffice it to say that that we had a product that uh, traditionally comes in cubes, and people were looking for a round version of these cubes, and they were searching for round whatever it is cubes. I might have said too much, and. Um, and my headline was just like round cubes is an oxymoron, right? And we were only targeting exact match round cubes. And so people type in round cubes and the headline says round cubes is an oxymoron, right? And then 
it's funny, I think. Uh, it's like kind of catchy. And also people are like, whoa, that's exactly what I typed in. Huh, that is a kind of an oxymoron. And uh, so now they're so now they're looking to buy these round cubes. And it's exactly what they're looking for. And, and that creative um, for that keyword in particular, that keyword was tr- typically driving us CPCs in like the $1.50 to $2 range. And we, we saw that that CPC drop by like 30 to, to 35% and conversion rates were up by like 50%. And it's to date our highest sales generating creative. Wow. That's crazy, dude. <laughs> so... No, but really, no, he's being serious. I, I remember <laughs> I remember when you were like so excited messaging me about this, sending me some of those, some of those screenshots of performance you were getting on that one. That was that was yeah. a good one. But I, I the moral of the story of all of that is you can have really funny, really catchy headlines that do extremely well, or you can be a little bit more boring and just kind of be keyword dense, and those can still do kind of well because it's a quick little uh, psychology hack. If you can blend the two together, then you're in really good shape. But the thing that we caution against the most is do not just be lazy and have some random title that just like highest quality comforters in town for people who are looking for like bed sheets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you have to if you have to like default to something, I would say like utilizing, you know. The, well, you mentioned the keyword that would only work with single keywords, but something a little more generic. Like if you need to go more generic, you, you can lean on those things like shop for whatever it is. Insert here uh, now or something like that. You know, you can yeah, you can the- go if you have to default, like just default to something simpler, something more kind of uh, literal and to the point as opposed to trying to go too creative or, you know. Yeah. Overdo yeah, it a little if- bit. If you are doing like those single keyword campaigns, single keyword ad groups, you know, try to test that out, see how it works. For the rest of your other campaigns that are just kind of going after all the long tail search terms, um, where your headline is not going to be super tailored to a specific keyword, yeah, just use something really catchy, really engaging. Um, Andrew and I, right before we started recording, um, we were even talking about writing <laughs> headlines for these episodes and uh, some copywriting one-on-one stuff and reviewing some some documentation. So. Uh, we don't yeah. know what the headline of this is going to be, but we're going to make sure it's a good one now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do our best. Um, yeah. The last thing I had to say on sponsor brands and and one way you can leverage sponsor brands more to kind of holistically approach your, your Amazon account. Uh, one thing I like to do with sponsor brands is given that it allows you to feature a few different products. If, if there is a new product that you come out with, that's maybe an extension of an existing product line or maybe just like a new size or a slightly new flavor or um, a slightly new color or something like that, that doesn't have a lot of reviews, doesn't have a lot of uh, traction. You can feature this product with um, some of your higher reviewed products, some of your higher sales products, your, your typical drivers that you, that you see featuring that lower reviewed product within the sponsor brand product collection um, has shown to provide a little bit of more exposure to new products and generate a little bit of traffic and hopefully spur some some initial reviews. But that's that's one other thing I've seen other people uh, use, and I've used that one myself as well um, to just kind of help sustainably get get new products off the ground. It's not going to provide like a massive lift for you or anything. It's not like a ton of that traffic like we just found out is even going to product pages. But um, just using that within your sponsored brand strategy seems to provide a little bit of lift as well. And Andrew, something else um, for those 
product collections where your people can pick up the three products to display in those product, uh, the sponsor brand ads. Um, first of all, I think everybody knows we really love those top of search placements. Cause the other thing, especially with sponsored brands is when they become not top of search, a lot of these creators, they get compressed and you don't really see the full display of your logo, lifestyle image, catchy headline. It'll just be like a really tiny square at the bottom of the page. That's like just your brand logo and that's it. Um, so those top of search placements are really important for that reason. But Andrew, I know you've done a lot of testing around lifestyle images, which we know that they perform better than not having a lifestyle image. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's one thing that we've been testing. So certainly take advantage of those lifestyle images. The, the click-through rates go through the roof when you have it. Um, but what can you provide any tips around those lifestyle images? I know um, around Prime Day, you, you had like one really interesting concept around um, kind of the eyes oh, yeah. of, of the subject. Um, but anything yeah. else, like you could share about that example and maybe anything else that you've learned over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Just to speak to that example you mentioned before, I, I actually was at a marketing conference in New York in like 2016. And uh, one of the things they were talking about was how you position the subjects of your ads or the people in your ads and how you orient them largely determines what the customer or what the shopper actually looks at. So what they did was they had two, they had eye detection software, right? On They had glasses on these subjects. They didn't know what they were doing. They came in for a test and they tracked what they looked at. And so they put up some ads on the screen, a couple different ones, and they tracked where they looked. So they, they did one with a baby that was facing the camera, looking at uh, the camera like I'm looking at you right now. And then they had another one where the baby looked up at some text that was within the ad. And they found that the the people who were shown the baby ad that was looking at them, primarily the place they looked was at the baby because we're humans. We like we're, we're facial visual creatures. So naturally, our when somebody's looking at us, our natural inclination is to look back at them. And so they saw a lot of people looking at the baby, whereas in the other one where the baby was looking at the text, they saw that a, a majority of the visual focus was on the text that was within the ad. And so the way we can utilize the same approach within sponsored brands is that when you use that custom image, definitely use that preview to kind of get an idea of, of what that looks like and how that's going to actually display to the, the end shopper. And you can start to experiment with using images where the person's kind of looking over at the product that you're promoting, or maybe that product is featured in the lifestyle image and they're looking over at the product or um, they're looking up at the headline and it's just going to naturally draw the shopper's eye to your headline, to the the product, the specific product you're highlighting. There's a lot of different benefits to it that, that could in potentially increase overall clickability, click-through rate, and get the attention of shoppers um, to look where you want them to look. And that's just one yeah. little uh, creative strategy you can use. Where do, where do I want you to look, Andrew? Where do you want me to look? <laughs> yeah, uh, I was trying to, to direct at, you with my eyes. You want me to but look I, at that? I don't know really. I I was trying to look at also where my camera was so I could see what I was. I was trying to direct you to my uh, diploma there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you showing off. Man. I got too confused by the <laughs> webcam. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's a really good point. And actually, I just recently saw a study done on luxury brands like Louis Vuitton and all this stuff. And, and what this uh, person was commenting on was for their models, they always have the camera be beneath 
the model, particularly beneath their eye level, so that the model is looking down at the viewer and it's just like you're putting them on a pedestal and they're looking down on you like you're small and <laughs> insignificant. And it esteems the brand in, in that sense. But it's interesting because, um, yeah, our eyes look straight. It doesn't matter if the, um, you know, if the model isn't necessarily like physically beneath you, your eyes glance up to um, where, where their eyes are on the page and you're, you're looking up to them. So, yeah, very yeah. interesting how all that works. So point point there is if you have all these, Amazon might fix it, but if you dump a bunch of different ads in one ad group, Amazon seems to really, I think something's broken. It seems like they struggle to really either evenly distribute the impressions. And even if you try to pause one and unpause another, I've still sometimes seen issues where the other ads just won't deliver. So highly recommended to put them into separate ad groups and test out those different lifestyle images. Also, Andrew, I don't know if you have any uh, kind of experience with if there's even a human at all in the lifestyle image versus something that's just like a close-up of the product. Um, you know, mm-hmm. someone selling like a water bottle. It could be someone who is like, holding the water bottle smiling or it could just be the water bottle sitting on like grass with water droplets on it or something like that. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of different ways you could go with the, with the creative assets and sponsored brands. I mean, it, it's hard to give like a, like a one size fits all kind of recommendation for what yeah, type sure of creative it, you should use, you know, because yeah. it's like each, each brand is going to have different stuff. They're going to have different yeah. things. But I think in general, like if you can just, dis- if you're going to do a product, just like display the product, display the product being used in a scenario or a situation where it's, you know, most likely to be used by the person you're selling it to. Um, yeah. And make sure it's like featured highly. And it's not like, it's not like just like in the background or something like make sure it's front and center. It's like very clear that this ad is what it's about and that this is the main feature of the product and ideally show it uh, featured you solving the problem that it's supposed to solve. Um, and, and maybe use, um, the imagery to tell a bit of a story through, um, how, how it's, you know, formatted and displayed or how you're displaying the product being used in a certain uh, scenario or a setting or format or whatever. Um, I think all those things kind of have to be thought about. And that's why I think it's important to just like, you gotta be like a learning machine and you have to be able to learn from all these other different areas. Like that little thing about, um, where people look is like a broad psychological concept or like it's like a psychology thing or something i don't know exactly but um the the thing you mentioned about single keywords is like a psychological thing so taking those things and seeing how they could potentially be applied to um a a sponsored brand ad on amazon like these things are not just applicable to sponsored brand ads on amazon they're applicable to everything um every aspect of you know your product detail page of your of your facebook ads etc so these things are, are applicable to a lot of different aspects of, of marketing in general. Yeah. Now I'm not sure if there are, uh, any tool there might be, but I, I'm not super familiar with any tools. At least I haven't used them yet that have an AB testing capability built in where, where it will automatically pause one ad group or creative within an ad group for one day and then run the other one and then switch back and forth and go back and forth, pausing, unpausing. Um, Mm -hmm. so you could essentially run like seven campaigns, on seven different keywords, and each of those has two different ad groups, and it you know you alternate between those those ad groups. That that would be interesting um, to save a lot of, a lot of time from having to manually do that. And if it doesn't exist, we'll build it. <laughs> We're going to build everything that doesn't exist. And uh, when you are doing those A/B tests, one thing that's important is that you are only changing one variable at a time. 
between test A and test B or version A, version B, I should say. So for example, you don't want to do, okay, creative A is, I'm going to use this headline with uh, no human figure in the lifestyle image. And I'm going to do these three products with worse reviews. And I'm going to do it against these keywords. And example uh, test B is going to be a different headline with a different lifestyle image, this time featuring a human or the opposite of what I said last time. And then three different products and then like different keywords. And it's like, oh, A did a lot better than B. It must have been the uh, absence of a human or which, again, I can't remember which one I picked at this point <laughs> uh, in, the, yeah. in the lifestyle image. And that's not a fair test because there were so many other uh, variables involved. So uh, you certainly want to rotate those out and control those variables. And there's also a ton, I mean, it's really going to be an endless game with, with testing these lifestyle images and especially as Amazon improves these formats. But like, we didn't even start talking on the color psychology. Maybe we should do another episode where we just talk all about the psychological elements of what goes into an ad and what makes an ad clickable, skippable, whatever. Um, but yeah, there's all kinds of different psychology involved with colors. And the most important thing is, yeah, maybe you got one creative that's red and uh, you know it's got more of red hue to everything that's going on in the image and another one that's more blue. And you are gonna test those two. And then once you, maybe you have several different versions of a red and a blue and you run it in a bunch of different campaigns and see if it's consistent across different types of lifestyle images, if those color changes are consistently that red is doing better. And then when, if it is doing better, now you can start refining it. Be okay, of all the red creatives, um, which types of featured lifestyle images perform better, which headlines perform better, blah, blah, blah. So lots of stuff you can do there. Um, but you kind of need those, those single ad, single creative ad group structures to make that all possible. Yeah. Excellent point, Steven. Um, definitely make sure you're al allowing for, um, one change variable within your tests and your AB testing, make sure you're not changing a whole bunch of different variables. Um, you got to have your control group and, um, your, your variable that you're going to be switching out and testing. So, Definitely do that to make sure you get the best results and the best uh, output of your tests. Um, but yeah, I mean, Stephen, other than that, we, we could go on and on about sponsored brand ads. There's a ton of things we didn't even like really begin to scratch the surface on, like all the I know. new new things that are rolling out with we video said, and We said that. this episode should not exceed 30 minutes and then I think we just got carried away. <laughs> yeah, we talked for like almost 40 minutes or something. We I, realized I once know. we got going, we're like, actually, we could talk about that and that and... Oh, colors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> More episodes coming. Yes. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you have any final thoughts to wrap wrap us up, close us out on, on this subject? I am empty, man. Sponsored brands. I'm done with you for today. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll certainly get more in depth with it. Uh, we'll be talking more about sponsor display, um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, we, we, yeah, we, we, ha we certainly have years of content to come. So provided that at the time this airs, we are at 100 subscribers. And if we are, the next goal is 1,000 subscribers or we pull the plug. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, we're having fun. Uh, I'm getting smarter every time we do this, just getting to uh, force myself to think through these subjects and kind of put into words things that I think about but don't always get the time, get the opportunity to kind of actually verbalize. So thank you guys for listening, for making this all possible. Andrew, why don't you send us off? We will see you next week on that Amazon ads podcast. See you guys.